our guest today on Art Speaks is Charles Vess, who is a well-known artist, both uh, locally as well as around the, um, probably around the world. I'm Betsy White, the director of the museum here in Abingdon, and I've known Charles for a very long time. He arrived here, uh, I think in the early 90s, Charles, and yes. he became one of our studio artists, one of our very first. I don't think he was the first, but he probably was no. the second studio artist. <laughs> I was born in Lynchburg, Virginia. I went to school in Richmond at VCU. I moved to New York for 12 years. And then I met Karen Schaefer, who I married. And uh, we lived upstate for a few years and then found a house down here in, uh, on Rich Valley Road and, uh, in 1991. And I think we, we were renovating on it for about a solid year and hadn't seen anybody. <laughs> and then we heard about, you know, the William King was going to be opening. We went, well, let's go to that opening. Let's see what's happening. And uh, walked in and, uh, and was it Chrissy Bauckham? That's right. Had, yes. Had, had a studio and this huge space. I went, oh, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I applied for a studio space and uh, I was uh, given it and I was there for four years. And, and so, uh, I met so many people that I still know. So that's right. Um, I think all of us in Abingdon have um, embraced Charles. And he's just a wonderful community member and and friend. And those early days, I remember um, all of those great big canvases in your studio. <laughs> and so you were a fantasy artist, and it was all about dragons and wizards and things like that. Yes. And so would you? We're going to culminate this conversation right now, just at the beginning of it, in the big ex exhibition that you did for us. I think that I sort of strong armed you into trying to make you do it, which was called Dreamweavers in the <laughs> um, mid 90s, mid, mid yes. 90s, a wonderful, wonderful exhibition. And it showcased all of your influences um, as, a, as a successful illustrator like N.C. Wyeth and um, Arthur Rackham, I can remember. So can you talk just a little bit about those influences on your art? Uh, the exhibition wasn't really the end. Well, it was meant to be, but when we found out that how much the insurance was to get historical art in an exhibition, that sort of ruled that out. So I, I asked 13 contemporary fantasy artists to participate in it. But I've always been a fan of uh, fantasy or mythic art, all that work, uh, mostly done in the 1900s, about 1930 in England uh, is a big influence in my work. I love looking at the things. It makes me, uh, I look at the work and it makes me want to run to my drawing board and paint. So there you go. Uh, and this, the Dreamweavers exhibition, if I'd known how much work it was going to be, before I said yes, I would not have said yes. Uh, it was amazing. I think uh, you reminded me of that often. Yes. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of the artists uh, in the exhibition come down for the opening. And they all, they talked at the libraries and the bookshops and the comic book shops and all sorts of things. It was really fun. At the end of that weekend, I had them all out to my house out in the country and uh, I was really amazed that there was one artist, Jerry Pinckney, who's won a couple, a lot of Caldecott awards and things. He's very famous. Just passed away this year. 
but he does mostly rural country scenes, country stories set in the in the country, and he just freaked out about the cows. He went, "Yeah, it's a, a cows across the street. Get out!" And I just calmly walked out and got the sticks we had by the door and went down to chase it back in. He went, "That's a big cow. Well, what's that stick gonna do?" So interesting. <laughs> Charles, this is uh, David Thomas, and I just had a couple of, of um, questions about uh, your art and the early exhibits that you had. When, what was the earliest exhibit that you had that you thought, well, I think people will actually come to this because I've gotten that much renown now? Well, I never think of myself that way, but uh, did Dreamweavers having people walk in? to my studio at the William King and the reactions to it. I've had a number of exhibitions there. Uh, one that was really close to my heart was called uh, Into the Green. And it I painted a, a mural on the wall, gallery walls that was 150 feet long, and 12 feet high. And, uh, you were inside the story. It was a narrative mural. And, wow. uh, People reacted to the show. I did a lot of uh, pieces with poetry connected to them. And the reaction was so strong to it all that I eventually uh, I put together a book called uh, Walking Through the Landscape of Fairy that emulates that. Uh, Charles, talk just a second uh, along those lines about um, the movie Stardust and your association with that and Neil Gaiman. Uh-huh. Oh, well, gosh. That was a big one. That was a big one. Uh, the project started in 1991, actually, right when we moved down here. And uh, Neil and I tinkered with the project off and on. Uh, then we sold it to a publisher. And then it took about me, took me about two years to um, produce the 175 paintings that were in the book. And it sold well. It sold all over the world. And then uh, various Hollywood studios started optioning it. Uh, at one point, I think it was supposed to be a vehicle for uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman when they were still married. Uh, but it went through many, many actresses and actors. And uh, then about 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, uh, director in uh, England came up, figured out how to do it and wrote a nice script and the movie came out and it was good. <laughs> it was fun, a lot of fun. So it was fun. Uh, I can remember um, they had they chose Abingdon as one of the um, premier sites for it yes. because of that. And remember, um, Pat Jesse and others painted all of those characters on the, the outside yes. of the movie theater wall. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> for that, we showed it at the uh, Abingdon Cinemall, and at the time, the walls were painted pink with with not very good paintings of pizza, slices of pizza and things flying through the air. And I went, you know, damn, I'm gonna have my movie in that place. So we approached uh, uh, the man who owned it and with this idea of repainting the walls and using, I designed the drawing and then Pat Jesse and anybody that volunteered came and put it up on the wall and painted it. It was, uh, it was really fun to have uh, get involved with the community on a piece of art. I remember a lot of the community was there. Everybody was there taking a hand in painting. Yes. Um, 
you brought up uh, being involved with international a film like that. Are, do you find that there are certain regions of the U.S. or are certain countries that are more into fantasy art than uh, others? <laughs> well, uh, the movie did much, much better in uh, Europe and England than it did in America. Uh, it, uh, I think that was more to do with the marketing of the movie. Uh, they just sort of uh, marketed it as a kid's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Ah. And uh, people over here didn't want to go see that. But in England, where the director handled the publicity, it was the number one film. And wow. in Russia and various other places, it did very well, made quite a bit of money in Europe. So that was good. Charles, I, uh, along those lines, I know that you spent a lot of time traveling over in Devon in England, in Devonshire. Yes. Uh, there was a, what is that village? Chagford there? Chagford. Chagford, yes. right, right. And also on the Western Isles of Scotland. Yes. Both places make my shoulders relax and um, I, I feel right at home. The people are really nice. Uh, the landscape is beautiful and the whiskey tastes wonderful. <laughs> I know that I know that I traveled. My husband and I traveled one time to the to the Devonshire site that you're talking about. Just almost the time that you were there, and those woods in Devonshire look just like yeah. your drawings. Oh, I can see them. Beautiful place. Beautiful place. And three of the artists that were in the Dreamweavers exhibition all live in that little town of Chagford. Uh -huh. So there's connection. So, speaking of movies, I know you. Uh, I think you illustrated. Steven Spielberg's Hook movie? Oh, well, sort of. Sort of. I was just wondering, did you actually deal with him? Did he, did you no, collaborate no. in the earth? No, I was flown out to the uh, set and I got to wander around for about two days to the set and see all the details that they had. Uh, and then they started sending me scripts and I had, I think they wrote a new script every other day. Uh, I had them, you know, they would have stacked from floor to ceiling really easily. Uh, there was like the goofiest ideas possible, all to make toys and make more money. Oh. But I tried real hard to uh, refine the screenplay into a, a decent story. Your latest exhibit at, the, at our museum was called, um, I, believe, I believe it was Earthsea, wasn't it? Yes. And that was, that was another um, uh, illustration for a book. Yeah. The books were written by Ursula K. Le Guin. She had won many awards over the years, uh, 50 years worth of writing on these books. And I worked with her for four years. Uh, we, so many emails. Uh, she had been trying to get these books published or print. They've been printed all over the world, but never with a represent correct representation of what she had talked about in the books. So I tried to crawl inside her brain, walk around in it, draw just what I saw there. And uh, the book won lots of different awards and sold real well. And it was uh, really fun to have the exhibition there to have all of them. There's a museum in uh, Ohio uh, that I had a show in of them. And then here, those are the only two places everybody could see all the art. And I'll brag, I'll brag for Charles, but I think the author said you were the best collaborator she'd ever worked with. Yes, 
Yes, I have it. She wrote it as a dedication in a, a one of her books that she sent me. Ah, it was very nice. I felt good. I'd done my job. Great. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have that um, that same impression. <laughs> well, right now I think you have a um, you're included in a traveling exhibition from the Norman Rockwell Museum, and I think yes. the name of it is is Enchanted: A History of Fantasy Illustration. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's a so, very large exhibition. It's wonderful to walk through. Uh, it opened last June at the Norman Rockwell and it's moved to the museum in Chattanooga. And then I, there's another uh, museum it moves to after that in 2023. And it, it's the, the cover art for um, the Earthsea book is in the exhibition. But there are many other artists and they have uh, they had the uh, resources to be able to do historical as well as uh, contemporary fantasy painting. So Betsy, sounds like William King needs to organize a road trip to Chattanooga. It sounds like it, doesn't it? I think, I think so. Maybe we'll have, that'll be our next Tours Out project is going to okay. to see that one. That sounds pretty good. So Betsy, let me just... WEHC, remind folks they are listening to Art Speaks on WEHC in Emory, Virginia. And the program today is uh, put on by William King Museum of Art in Abingdon. And our guest is Charles Vess, a, uh, at least a Abingdon uh, resident as far as his studio goes, but uh, lives in Rich Valley. Is that correct? Well, I used to. We moved about two years ago down on the river, North Fork River. So, uh, One of the other things that did once uh, I toured the county building that the William King renovated and uh, became Art Labs and it, it was gorgeous, gorgeous space. So I, uh, years ago, I had uh, purchased a lithography press and the limestones for it and all the equipment and it had it in storage for a long time. I'd done one print with it uh, in the William King when I had that uh, studio there and I've donated it to the William King and there it is and it'll be able to be used once the pandemics float away. I wanted to thank you for that Charles on behalf of the William King for doing that donation that's a real uh, asset and I know I understand we have started some preliminary use of it so uh, it's, it's starting to get broken back in. I want to get over there and use it myself. Yes. That's right. Charles has um, Charles has been connected to our museum since basically almost since it opened. He arrived here just as he, as he mentioned earlier um, when it opened and was a studio artist and even investigated the idea of occupying the art lab himself before it became the art lab. Um, he's he's got a wonderful studio of his own and he remains a good 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 friend of our museum for sure. I saw some photographs of Charles's studio. It looks to me like that's a museum in itself. <laughs> well, I, I've been in this one place for 26 years now. Wow. And it's got a lot of things. I'm building uh, a studio out back of my house. Uh, wow. And I'll be moving into that hopefully by summer. Uh, depends on, you know, nowadays with what's going on in uh, building supplies. Uh, I've I ordered uh, windows in November, and they said they might leave the uh, manufacturer's warehouse on April first. 
<laughs> so you just have to like, okay, <laughs> so go with the flow. Will you be uh, still maintaining the studio in Abington, or what? Be your own studio? No. I'll be moving. I'm moving out there. Wow, we got to. Somebody's got to film that studio now and then save that for posterity before you. And and I'll have a big studio sale. There's a oh. lot of paper here that I need to to let go of. There are a lot of things in that studio. I can I can yes. vouch for that. I'm sure it's going to be a big move. Yes. Yes. And we look forward to having another exhibition of Charles's work um, in another couple of years and, and look forward to that very, very much. So Charles, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? Um, well, this year, usually as an uh, artist, you work and work and work on things and, and you have to wait a long time for everything to come out to be published. But this year was really a uh, excellent year for me with uh, uh, a book called Honeycomb, that by Joanne Harris, who uh, wrote the book Chocolat was based on. This is a, a number of uh, fairy modern day fairy tales that she's written. I did a lot of illustrations for that. And then there was an art of Stardust book, that big, beautiful looking uh, production that came out in September and also uh, a calendar that was produced by Denny Peterson of Blue Door Garden. Uh, and it was, she produced it, laid it out, had it printed here in Abington, and it's very beautiful, and we sold a whole lot of them. They, that, so they, all, they all are certainly beautiful, and it's, it's, it's wonderful that your career has just become, has become so successful and has been successful for so many years. Talk about an well, artist. I'm enjoying it. What he wants to do. <laughs> I've got to go back to Hollywood for another question. So which came first? Conan the comic book or Conan the author Schwarzenegger? Conan the pulp stories in, in the 30s. Oh, that far back. Oh. That far back. And then they were collected in limited edition books in the 50s. And then an artist, uh, they were uh, gathered together and republished in the 60s, mid 60s, with covers by an artist named Frank Frazetta. And they sold like hotcakes. And that's what brought them back to notice by Hollywood. Uh, then Marvel started doing the comic book uh, in the 70s. And then uh, the movie um, came out in the 80s, early 80s. Did, did you illustrate any of those comic books? <laughs> I worked on a couple, <laughs> not many. Mostly I worked on Spider-Man. Yeah. That was yeah. my sort of a, a big, people know, you know, no matter whether they've read comic books or not, they know Spider-Man. So you can always say, well, I used to write that or draw it or paint it. Uh, I did a, a graphic novel called uh, Spirits of the Earth. And I sent him and uh, Mary Jane off to Scotland because I wanted to not draw buildings for 70 pages. <laughs> so when I wrote it and drew it and painted it, it, pay it ended up helping. It was a down payment for our house. Yes. <laughs> Charles, Charles, I remember when you first got here and about the Spider-Man, you had come from um, uh, studying in New York and was a Spider-Man uh -huh. illustrator. And I remember that I said that all the time. He illustrates Spider-Man comic books. That's who this is. <laughs> well, and for a while here in uh, Bristol, Abingdon, uh, there's another artist, Tom Lyle, who's 
sadly passed away now, but he um, he was he drew Spider Man also. And it was very odd to have two of us here in town. And Tom was also connected to the museum in yes. the early days, also for sure. Yeah. Oh, Charles, I've, I've saw that you have won something called the Eisner Award. And I was just wondering, is, is that the Disney Eisner or is that another? No, Will Eisner, it's named after this artist, writer, producer, Will, Will Eisner, who did The Spirit and did all sorts of amazing work. And, uh, and he's sort of a legend in comics, so it's named after him. And while he was alive, he would stand on stage and hand you the award. And it was really special. <laughs> well, I think I've got all my questions answered. What one of the things I've when I see art like yours um, in a document or a uh, some pictorial thing, and I just wonder about the rights of reproduction. I mean, do you have a control over that? Do you have something like musicians do, like ASCAP and BMI, that allows? It your... depends. It depends. The um... Depends on who you're working for. Marvel uh, doesn't pay you much in the way of royalties because they're owned by Disney and they don't like to do that stuff. DC Comics, who I did Sandman and all these other things for, uh, every four months since 1991, I've gotten a check. Wow. It adds up. And uh, most of those are done with the writer Neil Gaiman. And the more famous he gets, the more the books sell. So I'm always like, go, Neil, go. <laughs> so, and if, um, yeah, I'll, if those royalties hadn't been happening, uh, I wouldn't have uh, been able to take off from all the work and do the statue that's out front of the Barter Theater. Uh, that was three years and not a whole lot of money. And, wow. then, and it was just because the Stardust movie come out, the Stardust book was selling like gangbusters. And I got these big royalty checks and I could just put all my efforts into molding that clay. That, that Whenever we have visitors come to town, they, when they see that, they want their picture made in front of that. That's their, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's their yeah. memory of having I still, Every time I drive down the street, I look at it, and just sort of shake my head going, I believe I did that. <laughs> so. That was going to be my last thing to ask you to talk about is that is that sculpture there, that beautiful sculpture there at the fountain across the street from the barter, how that came about? Well, that was Rick Rose saying, I want you to design a statue. <laughs> <laughs> and it was as simple as, I mean, as simple as that. And then it was uh, uh, nine months of, of planning and then three years of work. I did it with um, <laughs> David Spence. Uh, who was a longtime bronze artist, uh, and, but he was mostly not here. I thought I was going to do very little hands-on sculpting, but he was down in, you know, he would go away and go visit his family in, in uh, Mexico, and the barter would want to see something, so I would sculpt the tree that she stands on and stuff. <laughs> so I did 90% of the statues, my hands-on experience, I guess. So. Well, it's, it's beautiful and it's something, as David says, everybody always comments on that. It's, it's a thrill to have done it. Okay, well, thank you, Charles. Well, thank you. Thank you, Charles. Next time, maybe you'll get to see me. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you.